Good morning. It's Easter 2020, and it's an Easter like none other. We can't meet. It's usually a church full of people. A great crowd gathers together to worship and to fellowship. Uh, but the year 2020, we can't do that. Families won't be getting together to be able to celebrate Easter. We're going to be doing it by ourselves uh, or with one other person, maybe, or with our families, hopefully. But it's one of those deals that we have to get through, and we will. We'll work through this, and we'll be back together uh, very soon, I hope. But for Easter this year, I would like to look at Isaiah 53. Continue looking at that text. And I just want to focus on verses 4 through 6 this morning. Uh, we kind of looked at all of them Friday for Good Friday, kind of read them all. And we want to look at just 4 through 6 here in a minute. So if you have that, turn to that, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But we kind of asked the question, why did Jesus have to die? How did Jesus end up on that Roman cross? And we talked about the fact, and it's a hard fact for us a lot of times to understand and to grab onto, is that we really and truly needed Jesus to die. You see, it's one of those deals that until we understand that, we will never understand God until we understand the cross. And to know what God did for us. By sending his son to that cross for us. Remember, as we looked through Isaiah 53, we looked at, at all the hours and we's and us. Because that's who we're talking about. That's who Isaiah is talking about. That's who God did these things for when he talks about you and me and us together. You see, what he did, he did for us. He did for you. So if you have your Bibles, look at Isaiah Chapter 53, and just look at verses 4 through 6 with me this morning. It says this, Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see in that text, it tells us that he took our pain. What he did for us, he took that pain away from us. And it says he bore our griefs, that pain will not have the last word in our life. That even though we may suffer pain now, that in the end, we will be with him where there be no more pain. He also says he bore our griefs. Pain, again, will not have the last word. But he says he also took our punishment for us. And we talked about that Friday. All the things that he experienced, from the thorns to the beatings to being hit by the fist, to be spit upon and all those other things. And we understand exactly, I hope, what Jesus did for us. Too many. It was the end. When we stopped on Friday, we said that to a lot of people... Jesus was a failure. He had gone to the cross and he had died. But we also had a quote from Bob Goff that said this. Said darkness fell, his friends scattered, hope seemed lost. But heaven just started counting to three. As you're watching this, they counted to three. And we know what happened on that third day when Jesus arose. And we have so much because Jesus rose on that third day. And we understand what he went through. You see, because Jesus arose on that third day, we have a peace with God. 
That peace means wholeness. It means health. It means the absence of war. It means safety. You see, even in a messed up world in which we live and all the broken people that we see and all the broken promises that through Christ we have peace and that passes all human understanding. Sometimes we don't even understand it when we can have a peace about things going on around us or going on in our life. But we understand where it comes from and it comes from God. You see, we have peace, but we also we are healed. We are healed from guilt. We're healed from hatred. We're healed from doubt. And we're healed from our shame. Through Christ, broken people are put back together again. That's what I love about this story. That's what I love about the stories we hear from other people. That no matter what they have gone through, alcohol, drugs, divorce, all these things, that through Christ, we're put back together. So my question is, was Jesus a failure? Absolutely not. You see, he took our sin, he bore our pain, and through his death on the cross, he healed us from the inside out so that we can live in peace. You see, we have peace and we have been healed. Also, what we get through this is he took our place. And we see that in verse 6. Someone has said that Isaiah 53, 6 and John three sixteen go together. Because this verse makes the way of salvation so clear for us. That we cannot miss it. That we know exactly what Christ did for us. We know what God did for us by sending his son for us. And that all that we read about, all he did. In the Greek is the first and the last words in verse 6. Take a look. And it's all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It includes all of us. You see, all of us who have sinned. All of us who have gone astray, all of us who maybe have missed the mark, maybe some of us who have turned to our own way at times, we're all in the same boat. And when we understand when we're in that boat, when we have sinned, we've gone astray, when we've missed the mark, we've gone our own way, that we're in that boat, that boat is going down, that boat is sinking. If God doesn't do something, we're lost. We're all going to die. You see, it's at that point that we encounter the great and glorious news of the gospel. That God has done something. And not just something, but he has done something great for us. He could have looked at the mess that we have made and he said, you know what? They deserve it. They deserve what they get. They messed up. Now let them face the consequences because of what they've done. You see, if God would have said that, he would have been 100% justified. I don't think anybody could blame him if he would have said that. Because God is not under any obligation to rescue us when we wandered astray. But understand this. God would not leave us alone. He refuses to leave us alone. We may have even said, God, leave me alone. But God says, I can't do that. He says, that's not his nature. His nature is to love us, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing. Verse 6, the last part of verse 6 says, And the Lord has laid on him, that's Jesus, that's the great servant of the Lord who came from heaven on a divine rescue mission for us. Remember it said God laid our sins on Jesus? 
That even in the garden, when we talked several weeks ago, that even in the garden, the weight was so heavy that he begged his father to take it from him. You see, that's the great servant of Jesus who came from heaven on this rescue mission and God laid those sins on him. That's the great doctrine that we understand. That's the heart of the gospel that we believe in, that he took our place when he died and God laid those sins on him. Suppose all of your sins have been written in one massive book. And that book is heavy because it records every rotten thing that we've done or said. Maybe even every unkind word we have said or thought. Every lustful fantasy. Every evil imagination. And all our bad attitudes from the day of our birth till the day of our death. Picture yourself trying to hold that massive book in your hands. And understanding what all it entailed. But now picture Jesus standing next to you. He is holy. He is perfect. He is pure. He is good and has no books in his hands. Because through Jesus, we never sinned. You see, you want to get rid of the book, but you can't seem to find a place to put it down. What are we going to do? So now that's where we picture Christ on the cross. That's where we picture the weight of millions of books upon his bleeding back that bears that crushing weight as long as he can. Then he dies. See, look closely and you will see that each book is a personal record of someone who lived on earth. It's a personal record of you. It's a personal record of me. And if you look closely, you can see your book too. And when we understand he took our sins, that he took the record of all of our evil, all of our failings, all of our shortcomings, he took it upon himself when he died on the cross for us. That's where it says the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And we also understand that Jesus did not unwillingly go to the cross. Isaiah 53 contains the good news we all need. It says that he was bruised for us. He was wounded for us. He was beaten and betrayed for us. He was mocked and scourged, crowned with thorns, crucified all for us. You see, it's our sins that drove Jesus to the cross. That's how Christ ended up on that Roman cross. But he did not go unwillingly. If our sins drove him there, it was his love for us that kept him there. Somebody has said along many times that all he would have done is call for an angel to come take him off that cross. And I believe it would have been done. But he understood what he came to do. He understood what he needed to do for us. You see, if you want to go to heaven one day, pay attention to Isaiah 53, 6. It says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That's where I said the first part of verse 6 starts with all, we all like sheep. The iniquity of us all. That's what it means. Remember, it begins and ends with the word all, all of us. One man gave his testimony this way. He says, I stooped down low and went in the first all. 
Then I stood up straight and walked out on the last all. The first all tells us that we're sinners. The last all tells us that Christ has paid the price for our sins. Folks, we go in on the first all and we come out on the last all and you will discover the way of salvation. And the question that we ask a lot of times is can an old sinner like us go to heaven? And I want to say absolutely because that's the good news. That's the good news for old sinners and young sinners, big sinners, small sinners, and everyone in between. That's who Jesus came for. Jesus has paid the price in full so that we can go to heaven. You see, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have done or how bad your record might be. If you know that you're a sinner, then we know that we can be saved. But how can we know for sure that we know that? It's because Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. You see, when we run to the cross and lay hold of Jesus who loved you and died for you, God is fully satisfied with the work of his son. And remember that the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. But the question this morning on this Easter morning is this. Do you believe that? Do you truly know that deep in your heart? Maybe this morning there's a stirring, there's an urging. But you see, the rest is up to you. God has done his part. He's invited us into this relationship. He's paid the price. He gave his son to die on that cross to carry those sins of us away from us so that we can have the hope of eternal life. Folks, if there's a stirring in you this Easter day, don't ignore it. Don't deny it. Don't think you've done things so bad that there's no way God could forgive you because he can. This Easter, make it an Easter like none other. When you tell yourself, I'm going to accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, give us a call. I guarantee you our baptistry is warm. It's ready. And I know we're supposed to keep six feet apart. But if you want that, we will do that right now. Take care. God bless. And have a great Easter.